Hi, this is Ken Sagos, a.k.a. Ken K from A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 and Part 4. Now, let me tell you what I do. You see, when I finish kicking Freddy's Krueger's ass all over Dreamland, I kick back and relax at Nightmare Jughead Podcast. And out of your consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that still one day hopes to vacation at Club Med. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, the summertime slasher shenanigans continue as we take a vacation and talk Broken Lizards, Club Dread. And whether or not you live in Pina Colada Berg, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your coconut hole. <laughs> and of course, uh, if you're in the social media tent, you can find us out on said social media. We're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which again leads to shenanigans and island shenanigans. <laughs> and as this episode is releasing on Friday, July 23rd, Screenland Armor, they have your shenanigans taken care of indoors, outdoors, and virtually. And oh boy, Genius McGee. I'm so fucking excited. If you happen to be listening to this episode on Friday, July 23rd, and you happen to live in the Kansas City area. Yeah. Our latest Friday Night Fright. It, it proves that you don't have to be in Texas to have a chainsaw, chainsaw massacre. massacre. <laughs> I cannot wait to see this on the big screen. Uh, gonna I'm going to say this. We're seeing it in theater one. Uh, this is your chance to experience on the big screen Juan Simone's pieces. It's exactly what you think it is. I can't wait. Uh, 50 foot bastards. It's going to Best- be. This is a film that is a slasher classic. It is nasty. It is gnarly. It is wonderful. If we're doing this appropriately, we will have a beaded curtain (laughs) on the entrance to Theater One. Everybody gets a jigsaw puzzle piece. If we only could afford that. No, if you have not seen this film, listen, you need... You need to experience it in a theater. I cannot wait to experience it with everyone. Uh, And this is only a one-time screening. A lot of the time with our Friday Night Frights... We have multiple, you know, viewings throughout. One time only. This is the one and done, huh? One and done. So Perfect mark your pieces. Mark your calendar. And then uh, the other repertory screenings we have going on indoors that weekend. Uh, actually, a one that I know, Genius, it's more appropriate for us to watch this film when it's a little bit colder. Mm-hmm. Because it's a little bit more appropriate to say... There's Toros in the atmosphere. No, it's appropriate to to see it at, at cold, but it's also appropriate to see it when it's warm. It's appropriate to see it when it's extra hot. <laughs> it's appropriate to see it at any time. Because like, at any point in time, you just need to bring it on. And that's what we're going to be doing. Multiple screenings on that one. And that's another legitimate funny one where I went for Eliza Dushku. I left just loving the movie. Oh, yeah. Me and Dustin fucking skipped school for that one. Because we're like, hey, what do you want to do? Let's go to the movies. Cool. Hey, check it out. 
there's a movie about cheerleaders. All right, let's go, right? So we go there. I mean, because we we're skipping high school, so we're high school students. So we go to like Oogle, right? Because it's a cheerleader movie. Of course. And we're thinking maybe it's like produced by Samuel L. Bronkowitz, right? Right. Because there's, <laughs> there's a precedence. Yes. <laughs> but I wound up falling in love with that movie. I. Oh, that movie is great. I went to Clueless to watch the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and left loving the movie. Right. I love it when those happy accidents happen. And if you have not watched Bring It On because you think it's a silly cheerleader movie. It is, but it's wonderful. It's so much more than just a silly cheerleader movie. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Now, Speaking of quick tangent, did oh. you see uh, Patreon Pally Supercat at Crypticon? Now listen, genius, <laughs> genius loves a number of things in life. <laughs> But when you can combine them with a pun, but when you make the pun your costume, yeah, you are just like that's his love language. And I fucking love it. <laughs> film family member Andrea, her break it down for us, yeah. genius. So basically, she's painted herself white. She's got a cheerleader costume on and a Pennywise mask. She is bring it on. It is glorious. It is everything I wanted and more. She comes in and I just had this big beaming smile. I think I was talking to somebody and I just saw it and I'm like, ah! And I just like almost ran up to her and gave her a hug and I'm like, you like launched a thousand weird fetishes. You know, it's just like. <laughs> well, occasionally you wonderful. wonder who wins Crypticon. I'm pretty sure she won Crypticon with oh, that. Oh, she won Crypticon for me. That was <laughs> kind of incredible. And that was actually, we should mention it, uh, Crypticon did happen this weekend, mm -hmm. or this last weekend. It was a lot of fun to go back to, uh, made some new friends, yeah. made some new memories, and was in a brand new space, which was different at best as it goes. Yeah, it, it's growing and evolving. It is, it is. Uh, now, growing and evolving indoors and outdoors, so whether you want to go indoors or if you're not familiar, if you're not ready for that outdoors, uh, playing is Steven Spielberg's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Such a good movie. It's a classic. It's it's in the registry. It is in the registry, and also technically, some can say it is an old movie, which just blows my mind so because weird. I was just a young man when it came out, and it was just so new and exciting. And now, like you said, it is a classic. I think I think Temple's my favorite though. Be more horror. Uh, I think Jason. Just because I think maybe it's like because it was the first one I saw and it was That's in fair. the theater and like of course chilled monkey brains was cool. Not cool, but it was like he rips a man's heart out. In, in the, right, Kalima Shakti Day. Forget about it. Own mum. No num shabai. That still stays in the head there. However, the melting scene oh, is in Raiders. Yeah. Forget about it. Forget about it. The thing about it. The bad thing about Raiders is it's kind of been ruined by UHF. Ruined or enhanced? A little bit of both, actually, because I can't take it serious because I'm waiting for, like, we mustn't go any further. Look, and it, when the statue's not that guy going, blah, 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 I was like, oh, man. Man, this is right. This isn't you. That's not Weird Al. That's Harrison Ford. <laughs> Between that and then his appearance in Naked Gun, he has some of the greatest little bits in the 1980s. Uh, but then that Friday, that's on Saturday, actually. Friday Night Outdoors is another one that is a, I know you legitimately adore. Uh, we recently had a chance to see the extended cut of Phenomenon, mm -hmm. which was technically Jennifer, Can uh, Jennifer Connelly's feature film debut. She then followed it up. With a little movie, little independent film. Yeah, <laughs> with a little upstart by the name of Jim Henson and right. David Bowie. Right? Yeah, of course, Outdoors, Labyrinth. God. Friend, I love 
Labyrinth so much. It's almost one. I can't. It's not quite a quotable movie for me, as in like front to back. Sure, but there's so many iconic things, and the songs are amazing. Well, as is the cod piece. Jesus Christ, that's a character in itself. That dude. thing has a sag card. It's like, goddamn, is the Goblin King stealing babies in his pants? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Smuggling potatoes. Only in the early 80s, so check that out. Now, of course, if you don't live in the Kansas City area and you want to support from afar, you absolutely can. Uh, you can become a member of the Screenland film family by heading over to patreon.com slash screenland, where they have a number of tiers available. Uh, they have the Screenland podcast, and of course... We have our little shutter shoutouts that we do once a month. Mm-hmm. And in fact, our next one is coming up on July 31st. And what are we going to be viewing there, Genius? Ooh, we're going to have a little bit of Romero. We're going to have the recently unearthed, and I'm looking forward to this, especially now, uh, amusement park. I'm I'm going in with lowered expectations. Mm-hmm. I've heard mixed things, but... I'm excited to unearth this like rare Romero film. A lost film. Yeah. I mean, that sounds rad. Anytime like one of your favorite directors has a film that nobody has seen before. Would we call these the undead sea scrolls? Maybe. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> and then we're showing one of my favorite movies. I love this movie. And by the way, that everybody who went to Friday Night Frights that I missed, I wish I could have been there, but Thank you so much for that. That was cool as shit. I had this big old smile on my face the rest of the night. Um, Creep Show 2. That hair's going to get us paid and laid. It's going to be rad. We're going to be very mucho, mucho ecologico. Over, over here, genius. Over here, lady. <laughs> I love that line. I don't know what it is about that. but well it's-, well, it's your love of it. Even though you went there, it made me giggle quite a bit. <laughs> and not your level of a giggle where it was you know, distracting, but kind of like, why is he laughing so hard? But those are, of course, both streaming on Shutter, and hopefully you have subscribed. And if not, there are a number of uh, free trial periods that you can uh, take into. But if you would like some exclusive content, including pre-show, introductions, trailer reel, and post-film discussions, by becoming a part of the Screenland Film Family, you will have access to that. And genius, if we're talking film family and Patreon, we also have our own little film family that we're putting together at Patreon. And a special shout out to film family member Jim. Mm -hmm. He was indeed one of those people that gave you a little special greeting there. Yeah. And another shout out to all the pallies that said hello to us at Crypticon. Absolutely. Especially bring it on. But And Diana and all the cats of the horror club and everybody. You guys. It was a fun show. It really was. We'll talk about it later in episodes. Oh, yeah. We'll have an entire episode devoted to that. But you guys are fucking rad. Well, one of the tiers that you can subscribe to is oh, our... Oh, Tippin. Pippin. Uh, pip, tip, toppin. Toppin, if you're listening, you're fucking rad too. We, we actually heard we had a listener that we, we don't know personally, and that always always surprising for us. So we appreciate you listening. Mm-hmm. Toppin, you're fucking rad. And if you would like to be rad, you can become a member of our film family by heading over to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead, where, of course, we have every tier from uh, Squidly Diddly to another time. Another place. Oh, I hope. I hope that registered. Just, I know it won't. I he, know it won't. Well, can we all wimbly mimbly? He's over here all on the microphone meow. It's not even a meow. It's right, just meow. 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 If you meow. didn't hear it, it was little Davey there in the background. Uh, before we officially do check into Club uh, Club Dread here, genius, this, number one, the movie I was somewhat familiar with, 
a first time viewing for both of us. Yeah, first time viewing for both of us. Okay, very rare when that happens. And but it was a nice scene that because I can. Oh yeah, uh, Super Trooper guys and uh, Paxton. Yeah, yeah, cool. Send up of of uh, Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, I've seen that. Of course, slasher killer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what's I mean, I'm what's crazy though is I am familiar with the troop of Broken Lizard, and I know. They're not for everyone. Yeah. They are definitely an acquired taste. Uh, that being said, is that in a taste that you have? It's a taste that I don't mind. Okay. I'm not going to, I mean, if, if we're like talking, putting the, speaking of taste, I'm not going to be like, ooh, Broken Lizard Restaurant. Let's eat there every night, you know? But if I'm with a group of friends and we need someplace to go on the late night, it's like, hey, you want to go to Broken Lizards? Yeah, that sounds cool. Haven't had sure, that in a while. Not? I haven't had that in a long time. Sounds great. Oh, nope, still the same. <laughs> <laughs> but then you got that one friend that's like, "Yeah, I'll hold off. I'll can we go somewhere else? Actually, can yeah. I? We won't stay there for long. That's just fair. one or two bites. We'll come. We'll, we'll go. Well, I remember hearing so much like hype for Super Troopers back mm-hmm. in the day, and this was the nascent days of the internet. So you still had like the JoeBlows.com, the Chud.com, the Ain't It Cools, where you would start hearing about all these films. And that was one that I heard so much about. Right, like uh, comedy, new comedy voices and stuff. Next level comedy, and much like you, with the hype machine, I'm not saying I was bit by it because I really did enjoy Super Troopers, but I didn't walk away with it going, yeah, this is my, these are my guys now. I wasn't satisfied at that restaurant. This cl- the sign said all you can eat. I'm still hungry. Does, Does this, this look, look like, like a, a man, man who's had all you can eat? That could have been me, you know? So I I agree. I agree. I went in there thinking, okay, well, if they're funny as shit, mm-hmm. you know? I'm, if I could equate it to something now, I'm thinking Step Brothers funny, level of funny, and it well, ain't there. Well, and I mean, but it's, it's... I enjoyed myself. I'm not like, man, that movie fucking sucks. No, anytime you can bring Brian Cox into the fold... And have just and have him and I love with, Brian with Dick and, and Bart just, jokes. Oh my God, forget about it! <laughs> and just kind of the Mad Capri, the shenanigans, uh, that entire opening scene when they're messing with the kids. There are some genuine guffaws. No, there's again, there's some legitimate good stuff with it. But on the whole, like right. I said, it wasn't one of those things that it's on the regular rotation. I'm not going to be quoting it back and forth. You know? Did you ever see Oktoberfest? Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Oh, oh, beer pong, beer and uh, beer fest, beer fest. That's a beer fest, beer Beer fest. fest. Okay, yeah. Okay. Did you? No. No. Okay. No. (laughs) That's that's another one I could probably do, and I've seen that because they actually have like a number of the state people. Oh, really? In that one as well? Yeah, like Thomas Lennon. Yes, and and Ben Garrett. Uh huh. I want to see it. I like those guys, but I just never got around because I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not like, ooh, you know. Well, I mean, they got their start uh, at in, in college shenanigans, as it turns out. Uh, they started out at Colgate University. They start as the Charred Goosebeak Productions. Okay, Charred Goosebeak. Mm. I mean, that's very. So that sounds like a flavor you need to be accustomed to. <laughs> you have to work. Your way into that flavor. <laughs> you do not dive headfirst into charred goose beak. Well, I like Fagua, so why not? <laughs> no, it's a lot different, man. Well, they actually they shot a number of short films, uh, just kind of once they kind of put together the little comedy troupe. And then they then finally had Super Troopers, uh, Beer Fest. Uh, Jay actually did direct the Dukes of Hazard movie. Really? Yes. Huh. I never got around to see that because, like. I- 
It's another I, one that's in. I mean, I've heard of it. I'm not against. It. I'm like, man, not fuck that movie. Well, but like, I didn't necessarily. I grew up with Dukes of Hazard, but that's also not necessarily one of those things of my childhood that is near and dear. Yeah, it's not that sacred to me. Plus the fact that, like, though I did enjoy watching Dukes of Hazard and Boss Hog and Wayne Boggs, right? I just like when I saw that it was gonna be like. Sean William Scott and Johnny mm-hmm. Knoxville. I'm like, okay, it's going to be that kind of flavor exactly. of a movie, and I'm like, well, I'm not in the mood for that flavor of a movie right now. So I just haven't got around to see it. Did you actually see his appearance in? I think it's Jackass Two, when he plays the cab driver. Which oh. there's a cab driver bit where he actually threatens to. He holds the uh, holds a couple of them up by gunpoint. Sean like, William Scott? No, 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 no. Like the Jackass guys. Oh. Jay, Jay Chandichar, the guy oh. uh, that directed The Dukes of Hazard, he was in Jackass 2 on one of the bit sketches. It's frightening. It's terrifying. He terrifies these poor... I'm Is not that where come. he's the taxi driver? Yes, And yes. he's going around? Are you sure that was Jackass? Not... No, that was a camera show. And it, cause it, was, it was called Jackass. something fucked up. It was Jackass. I he know. He was scaring people like we're driving out to the middle of the desert. Well, like, it was just for one bit. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Because he's like, no, it's me. It's me, Jay. He, at the end, he's yeah. like, no, dude. Because it got taken got real, real, real quick. And like where violence was about to escalate. Where, yeah, I have seen that where he's like, no, it's me. It's, I'm like, oh, fuck. It's intense and kind of terrifying. And that's, for the most part, kind of their flavor. Again, it's not going to be for everyone, but did you see they actually did kind of a um, uh, a Kickstarter for Super Troopers 2? Yeah, I saw that. Did you? Uh-huh. Now, did you see that? I haven't seen Super Troopers 2. I know, I know. 2. It I, was one of those, I wasn't like, woo, Super Troopers 2. It wasn't near and dear. If someone goes, hey, you want to give five bucks to Super Troopers 2, or you wanted to kickstart like Half-Baked 2, I'm going to Half-Baked. You know, I mean, again... First of all, fucking kudos to them for doing a lot oh. of that shit because I know a lot of people fucking dig them. Oh, like yeah. Like I said, oh, I'm yeah. not anti-Broken Lizard at all. We wouldn't be talking about them if we weren't. Exactly. It's just like, you know, it's, I, I, I enjoy their stuff, but not to the level of fanaticism. Sure. No, no, you know? we can appreciate it. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing is neither... I When we put this together... Uh, I initially thought you had seen this film, Mm-mm. and I was anxious because, oh, I need to watch this. I know of it. Again, it's and I've seen that. Again, because we were looking for summertime slashes. I'm like, well, they're at a beach. It's summertime. There's a slasher. Okay, Let's cool. do it. Yeah. yeah. And again, let's fill the gap. Now, it also is kind of, as we're coming off of the final girls, very much a horror comedy mm-hmm. with the Broken Lizard guys, but also more of a serious slasher than the final girls. This one definitely earns its R rating. Yeah. Uh, would you call it more of a spoof film or just a slasher film with just comedic characters? Because it's not a spoof. It's there's not enough like jokes on the the whole genre as itself to be a spoof. I think it's more like let's make a funny slasher. Mm-hmm. Like so, yeah. I don't know if it's a spoof per se. While they did have a couple of like little like. Ooh, like we had love having premarital sex type shit. Well, they were they knew there were some certain tropes they'd have to maybe appease right, or do to play appease into the people. that. But I don't think there was enough. There wasn't a commentary on the genre to be parody. Okay, then that's fair because that it's not really saying anything. Right. It's just it's what I thought maybe the final girls would have been until it took the turn where it was. Yes. Yeah. And so it's kind of appropriate that we're following up with this, but at the same time though. It also, it's something different, I feel like. It's just, it's a little odd. There's, because it's almost like they took the goofiness and they put it in a straight horror movie. Mm-hmm. 
You know, because when the horror elements hit, I really enjoyed it. There were some really good scenes where I'm like, oh, wow. I even wrote down, this movie took a turn. It, like, you can almost feel when the movie takes a tonal shift. Because it gets very silly. Mm-hmm. And the characters themselves are very silly. And I have nothing problem. In fact, I remember we recently watched Student Bodies, which... That dude's an anomaly. Yeah, that guy, he's a human special effects. But it didn't hold up as well, Mm -hmm. for the most part. And that's what I'm kind of curious with this one, because the other reason I think I was a little hesitant watching it was I heard a lot of, not negative feedback per se, but I did hear some mixed feelings with this, where if you're a horror fan, you're maybe not going to be satisfied with the horror. If you're a Broken Lizard comedy fan, you may not be happy with the comedy involved. and. Uh, making a good horror comedy is tough. It is. It's definitely a tightrope walk because you again you want to appease the horror fans, but you, you want to make it funny and hopefully you have a good story to tell where yes. the jokes are organic, you know. And or if you're going for the route of like let's make it trashy, but, or let's make a trauma, or let's make something. So even the best of intentions can be fall. You sure. can make the best horror comedy. I bet there's a whole bunch of people right now that are saying, man, fuck Shaun of the Dead. That movie's dumb and sure. stupid. I hate it. Sure. Fuck One Cut of the Dead. You know? So it's like, it is. Even when you try your best, you're always going to piss somebody off. I know. Especially that's... when half of your comedy is about pe- pissing people off. And I'm, that's what I'm curious. If like they knew what kind of a chance they were taking. by you know, Because they could pretty much have done probably anything they wanted. Because Super Troopers was very successful. Mm-hmm. Gave them you know that little blank check. So I kind of love the fact that they went with a slasher route. Right. With a horror film. But maybe then that wasn't the smartest move for them to maybe... Because do you feel it maybe alienated their core comedy audience? I don't know. I think it might have just maybe... I'm sure it did some, but I think it also enhanced a lot of people because, again, this is a divided movie, but I bet there's people who remember, I fucking love Club Dread. Of course I there are. That there... Shit. I got a fucking Coconut Pete <laughs> soundtrack in my car right now. Let's talk a little bit about the late, great Bill Paxton. Fucking nailed it. He was the best goddamn thing in this movie. The main reason I wanted to make sure to watch this, to cross this one off the list, was to fill in my Bill Paxton filmography. Uh, I remember when the news hit when he passed. I'm I'm always hurt when you know someone that you know mean you know been in a lot of the movies that we grew mm-hmm. up with passes because it's a part of your childhood. But Bill Paxton, not only in the roles he played, but apparently just in he was apparently just a good, genuine, good human being. And the fact that he went young. Yeah, he still had a lot of movies left in him. You it's, know? Well, do you, do you remember your first kind of interaction with Bill Paxton? The one, honestly, the one that sticks out in my head the most is seeing Predator Two in the theater and remembering I really like that guy. You know, he's really charming. And then I'm like, then finally putting two and two together, I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's that and then guy. That's when he come when he comes up in different things. I'm like, hey. I'm pretty sure either my first interaction appearance with him was either via the Terminator or Weird Science. Yeah. Either 84 or 85. But I remember I remember distinctly in the Terminator, even as a kid, those punks at the beginning. Street Tuffs, Street of Tuffs, course. Street Tuffs, of course. Terrified, terrified. Well, but like, I definitely would remember him if he came out as King of the Rats in some of the things when I was young. Oh, that dude. <laughs> He's kind of a rat king in the dark backward, which is a really weird film. And that's what I loved with Bill Paxton. He could be like, he was, I, I kind of always refer to him as an ingredient in a recipe where he can be the main ingredient and it's the best dish you've ever had. Or he could be just the subtle 
little like taste you get in something. You're like, what is that? Mm. Oh, oh, that's Bill Paxton. Yeah, and it makes it makes everything nice. It makes the movie that much better. Yeah, and I mean from the Terminator. Weird Science. How long has it been since you've watched Weird Science? It's been about twenty years since I've seen Weird Science. We need to rewatch it, if only for his performance as Chet, right? And I remember him standing out. In oh that yeah, movie when I was little, and I'm like, it wasn't until, like I said, Predator Two. But I remember, ah. Oh! Well, then your body, your brain starts making that connection. Then you go, oh wait, he was the loudmouth guy in Aliens. He's the one that everyone remembers. It's- He's the vampire near dark. He's, and then, <laughs> see, it's. Recently, we saw Frailty, oh. and seeing it then again, like, just... Knowing what he could do as a director, the fact that now, anytime I do anything with Bill Paxton, I'm throwing some fish heads in there. <laughs> fish heads, fish, fish heads, heads. roly-poly fish heads. He's been in everything you've loved. Uh, he And as a main leading man, uh, obviously in Twister. Twister just played at Screenland in the back. Mm-hmm. Packed house. And I think I'd love to think it's because they were all there to worship at the altar of Bill Paxton. Uh, the fact in frailty, not only did he direct, he starred in that, knocking it out of the oh. park in both aspects. Uh, did you ever watch Big Love on HBO? No, I never got a chance to really watch that. But you know, yeah, I know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, Mormon sex, oh, right, awesome. interesting. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just one of those. Uh, the fact that shit, Apollo thirteen, ensemble cat, Tombstone. Fuck yeah, Tombstone. Next it, of kin. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. He's he's the little brother that like. Spoiler alert! Isn't he the one that gets killed and puts everything like into play? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, he was in Past the Ammo, which is a movie nobody's seen. I've never seen it. I haven't it's, seen it. It's a, a hard to find movie. It's Bill Paxton and uh, Annie Potts, and they are part of a scheme by a crooked pre televan- uh, televangelist played by Tim Curry. Wait. Okay, sign me up. Okay, if you sign up for Patreon on the I've seen that challenge, that's eventually going to hit because that's way that's a that's a good recipe there, genius. I want to see how that tastes. Streets of Fire when he just shows oh, up for as the again, as the bartender at Torchies. That fucking pompadour, the pompadour he's pompadour. rocking. He's the one. Oh. Hey man, why don't you fight with real weapons? And he throws in the fucking sledgehammers. Oh lord, see that's just it, and just. Talking about him just gets me all fired up because he, he have was like just two fucking lines in a movie and he's you remember him yeah. yeah the vet gets him wet <laughs> he is deplorable in true lies his connection with Schwarzenegger um, Terminator Commando he's got the we lost him sir uh, there's the bit in True Lies like you could tell they were buds like yeah. they they had to enjoy each other's presence <laughs> Sven builds Bill Sven. <laughs> the buddy cop movie we didn't need Sven Ole Thorson and Bill Paxton They're riding whiskey and Lulu <laughs> oh. Going on adventures God damn it <laughs> So many things you're I didn't the know brains and, uh, I'm the brains and you're the brawn buddy Just like, just all like But that is a nice piece of ass <laughs> <laughs> And Sven's like <laughs> Silently smoldering right, As Sven right, would right, do right. Well I had out the, But yeah, I heard That his performance in Club Dread was definitely not an all-timer, but one of those that if you're a Bill Paxton fan... It's memorable. You gotta see it. It's memorable. And from the get-go, from the get-go, he is equal parts charming, smarmy. Yeah. He's horrible and lovable at the same time. <laughs> it's, it's like if you got Bill Paxton, real Bill Paxton, 
that one off chance he got drunk and had a bad drunk for some reason where he's a little honory. It's like, oh, okay, Coconut Pete. And then just watching him slowly devolve into madness throughout <laughs> the course of the movie was worth the price of admission. The facade's slowly going away where you realize he doesn't really need the customer service angle anymore. It's like, nope, 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 nope. Every time he was on the screen, it made it that much better. Especially like he's singing, like, what was it, Pina Colada Berg? And now, did Jimmy do Margaritaville? What? What? Hmm, just, just that look, that just like death stare. I was waiting for him to put spurs on his sandals, just <laughs> or well, like get Otis. I just think, <laughs> I think before you go onto Pleasure Island, you do have to be shaved. Yeah. Yes, because it is Coconut Please Pleasure Island. So let's start there. Um, I, <laughs> I knew he played this like Jimmy Buffett esque kind of uh, musician. He had his own place. I didn't know if it was like a burger joint expanded, but no, it's like a swingers it's island. A swingers island. It's, it's like club hedonism. It's like it's shaped. The fucking island is shaped like a pineapple. <laughs> Which we do get a pineapple in the film. We do get a pineapple. We actually, I'm sure in the background there's a tons of pineapples. Now, do you think at a place like this, you know, with uh, with the TVs, even of course no one's watching TV, twenty four seven, it's not, just nothing but shivers. Yeah, no, that that's the horror channel. Like every channel has a different thing, but it's all like hedonism. Like of the horror channel has like shivers and terrible shit like that. The cooking channel has like the naked Contessa, but she's like really naked. Really naked? You know, it's <laughs> oh the happy <laughs> the erotic adventures of Hercules. You know, just like <laughs> mm. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. I just was, but it made me laugh because. The R rating is earned. There's a lot of nudity in this film, a lot of swearing, a lot of bloodshed. Uh, there's a lot of fucking gratuitous sex and nudity in this movie. I mean, you, would, so, you like, would think about it going in, but you don't know that it's a swingers club until like at the very at the very beginning. Yes. They're like, hey, it's a swingers club. But at first you're like, okay, they're out on an island paradise or a vacation. Oh, it's swingers. And they're just, the opening song is about, let me touch it on an island or some shit like it's that. A, <laughs> it's ridiculous. All sung by Bill Paxton, mind you. And so apparently they did put out an album of Coconut Pete of Bill Paxton, which means, yeah, you'll probably hear that on What's the Score? Right. Because I kind of need that. I was actually enjoying it because Bill Paxton was a good old Texan boy. So you know in his heart of hearts, you know he probably wanted to be like a, a singer-songwriter at some point. And for him to just be rocking like that open shirt with that hair with the hair just, and a little captain's hat like he's fucking michael mcdonald like he's and billy the, zane right <laughs> yeah. doot, doot. and so just fucking rocking out now notice though the opening couple in the in the opening scene they mention like hey they're getting they're tr they're getting all horned up they're gonna have sex outdoors and they're like hey let's go somewhere a little bit more intimate better associated with this they go to a graveyard. They go to a graveyard, which being disrespectful to the graveyard. But leads me to believe that, remember in the movie Bloody Birthday, and those teens show up and they're doing it in the graveyard, and, and they're like, the cop is like, were they in the graveyard? I'm telling you, man, there's just something about that. Well, it's better than Phantasm. <laughs> yeah, that's very true as well. <laughs> Welcome to Coconut Pete's, boy! The orgy's that way, sir! <laughs> <laughs> So it gives us kind of your standard 
a Friday the 13th-esque opening where you've got a couple of the people going off trail. For sex and drugs. Sex, literally sex and drugs. Yeah, and what happens when you have sex and drugs? I would imagine that would be like a heyday, like an all-you-can-eat buffet for like serial killers, like oh, Swingers Islands. You, that would be like sensory overload. Like right. I don't know if they'd be able to operate. Right. They, you'd have to have like a calming down tent for the serial killers. <laughs> you feel better? Yeah, stick. Yeah, oh, better already. You know, <laughs> will, you, will you give us some orange slices? I'll slice them for you. <laughs> He's over there with like a dozen hot dogs on a machete over the flame. <laughs> you know, if they would chill out, they would probably have a great time at the camps that they slaughter at. Mm-hmm. Fucking archery and like they'd ha- they'd be equipped all the skills like hunting and trapping. You know, looking like like going down trails and stalking. Now I don't know how if they would do well at a swingers camp but like I, I get a lot of confusion just because everyone's uh, naked everyone's very casual everyone's probably very cool you've got a lot of good spreads food wise uh you know a, a number <laughs> a number of good things now sorry sorry the other thing that i really did dig in this opening was as we're introduced to the cast of characters Everyone kind of has a red herring moment where someone slights them, and you just get that awkward. And it does come back, technically, in a weird way. But that made me, and I did laugh throughout this film, but it wasn't a lot of hearty laughs. No. I wasn't bored. I was entertained. I had fun. There was some There was some scenes that actually I was like, oh, didn't crack me up. One I don't know why, but the spit take that Brittany Daniels does when she's drinking the punch. And he and comes up like, and he yeah. does the... Bruh! I just... It gave me such a giggle. That's the Vulcan nut grab or the nut, <laughs> nut verb. Like or, the orgasmic heaven's yeah. touch or something That's like that. Horrible. It's horrible. But no, when she hits... Brittany, she's one... She, I have... Uh, not to get... I've always had a huge crush on her for, for, for a long, long time from like Joe Dirt to just knowing her in this, to mm-hmm. also uh, Carmen, <laughs> as played Carmen. in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I've always just loved her. In there. Yeah. And she's wonderful in this flick. Like, she's, she's so good. But um, Come for the Paxton, stay for the Daniels. Stay for the Daniels. So far, in all of the films that we've talked about, uh, just in terms of the summertime slashers and what have you, we've had Campfire Tales genius. I was hoping one of them would sing... Campfire tales are now not necessarily like it's lacking, but without a song, yeah, it's almost oh, yeah. like you need. No, we had plenty of songs. Are you kidding? Well, that's true. That no, that was like <laughs> that's true. But when telling scary stories, they so, now almost need like lords of the campfire. You, do you think Coconut Pete was just not having a bad night? He normally has like his little machete fill song, but he's just like, no, let's just. Can <laughs> we just? Do you know a pina colada burger again, please? Getting stabbed in paradise. I'm singing like fucking. <laughs> but, but during that scene when he fucking flips out on that girl for talking about it's hysterical. Mark, it's it's wonderful, and it tells you everything you need to know about Coconut Pete, and just Bill Paxton. The he's having so much fun with it. The fact, the very end, as we're watching the the, the credits, they do some like Hal Needham Cannonball Run esque goofs. I was waiting for people to get slapped. <laughs> Are you talking about this coconut? Talking about this fucking coconut? <laughs> we don't want to wake Wee. up. Him, Paxton comes out. Da, 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 da. I'm all for that, my friend. But what we didn't get in any of the other campfire tales is a double Silence of the Lambs, Buffalo Bill. I was surprised. I was like, they went for Buffalo Bill. 
twice. twice. And the fact that we... It, I'm shocked, actually, that there was nothing of a dum dum. Right, if, if, you did not. Like, I, well, I was first of all, I wasn't expecting it because it came out of nowhere, right? But it too, it would have been awesome if like Coconut Beach started playing "Goodbye Horses," <laughs> "Goodbye Horses," right? But it came out of nowhere. And the funny thing is, like, oh, that's funny. And then like, ah. Man, he was all pissed off the fact that, that wasn't the end of the joke. That was his reveal <laughs> and not the other man's. <laughs> no, that legit g- gave me a laugh on that. Um, What's l- brilliant about this, one of the most brilliant things about this movie was the human Pac-Man. Next on my notes. Going in blind on this movie, I probably saw the trailer many times back in the day, but I did not watch a trailer in anticipation of this, wanted to go in blind. I don't know if that's in the trailer, but I kind of want to go to a Pac-Man hedge maze. That looks fucking rad. That's incredible, especially with the sound effects. And, of course, it's a swinger's paradise, so when you get the power pellet, who knows? That's probably like Viagra of some sort or Blue Chew. Sex on the beach or some sort of fucking... Or or one of his songs, Spanish Fly Fishing. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Not not to be outdone with She Santies. She Santies and Wet wet panties. Panties. It's so foul. It's and he's so he's so proud of actually some of the work, and he's just like, I don't even remember making that album. <laughs> Cowboy uh. Cal or some shit like that. <laughs> but the fact that they basically had like the girls dressed as ghosts, he gets the power pellet, they go down into their bikinis, and shenanigans ensue. Right. It legit, I think we both had the realization at the same time going, wait. Because they're they chasing her, they're chasing him, and they're like, we're thinking, like, okay, maybe he's being chased. Yes. And then all of a sudden they come out, and I'm like, okay, maybe it's Benny Hillish. Yeah, exactly. Right? exactly. But then we hear the and then he's over, then he drinks, and they're like, oh. Then they take off their tops, and it's like, hey. That's when we need Coconut Pete's version and cover of Pac Man Fever. <laughs> it's driving me crazy, Pac Man Fever. I would like to see the Coconut Pete's version of Donkey Kong. I More could, like Diddle Kong. <laughs> well, I w- actually, God help me, I was thinking like I would I would actually do a Dig Dug hedge maze kind of thing. <laughs> because the attention to detail with the Pac-Man maze is the fact that they have the banana and the fruits. And even the pretzel. The pretzel! And well, the fact that they made it a joke about the pretzel and the watermelon having sex. and the sh- uh, He's having some watermelon right now. Hopefully spitting the seeds out. Hopefully. Well, I don't know. Yeah, what happens at Coconut Pizza days at Coconut Pizza? Hey, well, when I loved at the very beginning, the intro, you see some sweeping shots of the island, and you see a lot of the sea, and I saw some of the green, and I realized now that's not algae. That's like, <laughs> that place is a Petri dish, my friend. It's just filth. It it's is. It's like hepatitis Z. That's not seafoam, my friend. It is in a roundabout way, (laughs) but (laughs) it can bring about life potentially. You definitely don't want to get stung by any jellyfish on that beach. No, no, are you kidding? You'll have a line of people wanting to pee on you. Exactly. That's probably one of the excursions. One of the trips. Like, okay, there's who wants to get stung first, and there's some creep. Me, me. Well, technically, as they, uh, the best part is that they introduce everyone at base. Like, what do they do on the island? You know, Brittany Daniels' character was aerobics. There's the DJ drug guy. There was the water sports guy, there was which Juan, Juan, and then the fun police. The the fun police. Now, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, man. Even in my young days, I don't know if I could go to Pleasure Island 
But even now, as an old man, I know I couldn't. But I probably oh, go on. No, I just I'd be arrested by the fun police. I'd be the the sourpuss there, man. Thrown in the drunk tank. Then the drunk t- the sober tank. Unfortunately, you're. I've sentenced you to thirty shots. You know. And so something like that. <laughs> so you've got, like you said, you've got these silly characters. You have mythology established with Machete Phil, mm-hmm. the, but it is so silly. The fact who's that got my dick? Where's my penis? But going back to being able to handle Pleasure Island or not, <laughs> I don't think I could, and I don't know if I wanted to. I think at one point I turned to you and like, this looks like hell. <laughs> I mean, like, as hedonistic or as bacchanal as I want as I get sometimes, I'd like to do that with like not in out in front of everybody and uh, and first of all be on an island. Would you be able to even get to the island? Fuck would you, no! Would you get you in the dinghy? The boats. You got the yeah the diddle dinghy. The diddle you got to get on the diddle dinghy and get on the love boat, right? And if you don't, you definitely don't want to get attacked by Deep Rising out there <gasps> on no. the way to Love Island. No, no, that's probably another. That's a that's a top tier excursion because that's a lot of weird squiddly diddly. <laughs> then you wind up instead of you going up to Kong Island, but it's Dong Island, right? And like, <laughs> that no, none of that is good. You go to the you got to go on the boat, and then you're on the wilderness on an island, and again, it's too. That might be too. Bacchanalian for me because especially because I've been burnt by like real sex. So now wait, like, wait, real sex in life or real sex the HBO, the HBO show? show? Okay, the HBO. Let me put it out that way the HBO show. Uh, <laughs> Awful. Yeah, they, out of context, that does sound terrible. Don't. I'm just glad we don't have like little bumpers and clips and shit. Like, and uh, coming up on the next episode, man, I've been burnt by real sex. You know. <laughs> To find out more, <sighs> like and subscribe. So, <laughs> e belly. <laughs> My apologies, to everyone. You're not paying for this, thankfully. <laughs> no, but it's like I don't know if I could go to a swinger. Uh, that's that. That's not for me. Well, but, and, and 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 again, in the island, with there's animals and probably experiments, and the fact that there's people having sex on probably cursed land, knocking down like cemeteries. <laughs> Do you think you diddle in a cemetery? Do you have an excursion that's the island of Dr. Moreau and it's nothing but furries and just some very interesting cosplay? Okay, now you're not you're not making my case anymore. You're almost kind of breaking my case. <laughs> Sorry, all of a sudden I'm thinking of like these weird cuz I've been on cruises before, but they weren't they weren't pleasure cruises, you right? know. They were just cruises. The next time you go on a cruise, you know that you're going to be like, "Oh, that's a, there's a pineapple just walking away around that thing." No, no, thank you. Putting a mask up, gloves on just oh, in case. Geez. Wrong mask. <laughs> oh my god. No, but I, yeah, no. That looked too young for me. You know? No, that's just it. It looked it's, way too young. I, I don't know if there's like if there's a sex cruise with like people of more my interest, like everybody's watching horror movies naked and then like fucking yeah. Well, that was Crypticon a couple of years back. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the Hojo pool was a petri dish. Yeah, In fact, that entire place they had to burn it and head, salt the earth. They had to do two <laughs> they had to burn two down to the ground. Christ almighty. <laughs> I, I think there are still like like spirits that wander that area there that are you getting into elva- elevator and rooftop shenanigans. Yeah, coconut Jason. <laughs> I Again, it was adds, too young for me. It adds an element of of no, of no. Nope. <laughs> We've got a lot of that this month, actually. Yeah, we're we like, nope, 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 nope. Oh my god! Um, outside of the hedge maze, 
We also had then had what I actually dug was the reveal of the bodies because yes, were there any standout kills for you in terms of the slashery elements of this film? No, there wasn't really any standout kills. Um, they all happened almost all off screen except for like one or two, and they were all practically bloodless. There, there's a little bit of some blood spray. We had a nice severed head with the the nephew. And well, the there DJ. was a, a good variety. We had an electrocution. Electrocution. We had an impaling. We had severed head. And it should be noted, they they electrocute Sam Levine, who <laughs> I have always been familiar with from Freaks and Geeks. Uh, but he's one of those character actors. He was one of the bastards in Inglorious Bastards. Really? Yes. It's been a while since I've seen that movie, too. It, it's not. It, it holds up. It holds yeah. up. Uh, but he's an, a, a welcome character actor that mm-hmm. shows up. And he's the one that, you know, spoiler alert, gets the It Follows treatment. Yeah, he does. And he dies that in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, but there was a good variety of kills, but there wasn't any that really stood out. What did stand out, gore-wise, was the reveal at the end, where they're all, spoilers, where they're all hanging around in the uh, bar. That was, I was like, that is well done. I take that back. The pineapple kill was really well done. When he just slides. Oh, whoosh, the, the, the mask got That's one of the ones that actually gets shown like full yeah, on right. guts and gore. You're right. That so, wasn't bad. Yeah. Well, also, then, if it's like, since they're at Pleasure Island and Coconut Pete's, do people think that's maybe just part of the decor? Like it's Halloween themed night? Or like, what was that one where it was like just sexy mannequins and giant telephones? It was once bitten. <laughs> yeah, that one club, yes. I. I'd go to both, actually, if that's on the menu, potentially. I'd go to the club, but if it wasn't on an island, if I could still drive to and from, yeah. As long as asphalt is what's separating you. Okay, mm-hmm. that totally works. That totally works. No, the reveal definitely worked. Um, All the octopus oh. shenanigans, like, how are we going to do my octopus? I thought that could have gone many different ways, Me thankfully. Too. thankfully. Me too. Thankfully, it didn't. Um, I'm surprised they didn't. They could even like had fugu on the uh, menu and like or some sort of like... yeah. Deadly octopus. Well, food. you know what's on the menu is uh, coconut Pete's papa- papaya. You know what's in there? Well, you know what the secret ingredients is, genius? It's you know, coconut Pete's papaya. What's the secret ingredient, guys? <laughs> that, that, that entire bit. <laughs> and then he, and then he escalates. It. He's coconut. It's fucking coconut. And he just launches the <laughs> and they're just so stoic. Getting and then a scene later, you see them cooking, yep. and he's just over there just yelling right in their face. <laughs> again, the facade of poor Coconut Pete just <laughs> slipping into insanity. And then again, the next scene, he's over there fucking obliterated, junk, drunk, walking on the beach, <gasps> playing his guitar, and then he just fucking eats it. That's It's probably a blooper that made it into the movie. I'm wondering if that was not a mistake. He gets hit with a wave that... Hits him hard. <laughs> <Knocks> him <on> <laughs> <his head. laughs> fucking ass over elbows he flies, dude. He's got fucking ankles in the air. It's hilarious. And he gets up, son of a bitch! And he's just so fucking pissed. Well, and that's another lesson of why you do not mess with Mother Nature, my friends. Um, you know what I got a bit of? Of... I still know what you did last summer. Oh, with the whole like tropical feel, and like being the island cut off. resort. Yeah. yeah, I mean, here's the thing: the comedy, all the comedy, didn't work for me. Some of it did, and same thing with the horror. But when the horror did work, there was some truly good elements mm-hmm. of horror, like the whole realization when they went and everything is already destroyed, like the generators destroyed. Mm-hmm. It added a good element of fear um, when they started to turn on each other and realize they have to like 
work together, there was some good elements of fear. Then it veered off into weird, goofy land, <laughs> but then it still kind of came back. I even wrote down, I'm like, there's the switch, because there was a definite switch yeah. when like it went from just like, hey, sexy, raunchy comedy, to like, oh, yeah, there's horror in this, too. But I, I appreciated it. And the thing that I also appreciated, we're talking kills, and we're not going to say who the killer is for spoilers, for mm-hmm. but their their death in this film was quite wonderful. The fact that it was multi tiered, it was there were multiple parts to it. It had it gave me a mutilator vibe. Yes, it does. Had a actually. little bit of big Ed I, going on. I totally get that. Well, anytime you're going to be working with any kind of a motorboat, anyway, right in the vicinity, that can come into play. But you're absolutely right because. Once I realized what the what they were doing, I said, "Keep keep going, keep yep. going, keep going." But then he kind of, but they had a couple of homages because you just see the Friday the Thirteenth jump, yeah, out of the out of the water, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. But yeah, I was like, "Oh, that's big." They're broken lizards going on a, a fall break, fall break, baby tonight. I... Coconut Pete's version of fall break. <laughs> I, it gets a lot more graphic. Of course, he tells you what he does on yeah. fall break. Yeah, because you don't just fall into the harder when. They- when they break into your heart, you're falling into the arms. Probably you'll fall into the bed or some shit like that. Oh, I seriously, I've, I'm going to buy that this evening. Like, as soon as I am done, <laughs> I'm buying Coconut Pete's album, man. And because I miss Bill Paxton, I miss the fact that we don't get to see him perform like this anymore. Right. You know, and the fact that just eating up the scenery and loving it, making it better for it. It's like this in Chet, when he gets to play kind of the bad guy, the bad the guy that you don't necessarily want to like, that you should hate, but because it's Bill Paxton. Because right. he's just having fun and you oh god damn it. It's just so upsetting. What was with that weird dream sequence? That threw me off. I was like, the that fuck so is weird. going on here? Well, the, I think his character in particular was the one where you're just like, he is in another movie. He is, because everybody's not saying they're playing it straight, but they're all like regular people. Jay comes out with these <laughs> weird long ass dreadlocks and a terrible fake British accent. It's worse than my Michael Caine. It's like it's like if somebody blamed it on Rio the entire movie because he's like pip pip Cheerios, pot of tea, and then I'm like, and he's playing it straight too. Very straight. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Everybody else is having a good time, and it's like, and he's the director of the film, so that was an absolute choice, choice. as an actor and director and writer. It threw me me off, but did it did it totally derail you? Not at all. Do do you think if it wasn't for that, do you think you would maybe enjoyed the film a little bit more? Not really. He's just like okay. So if if we're going back with the food analogy, Mm -hmm. if he's the shepherd's pie, he's shepherd's pie without carrots. It doesn't make that big of a difference. But like if the carrots are bad, it does. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Well, so like if if if, so if he played it straighter, I think it wouldn't really overall. Improve the thing because yes, he's a major character, but he wasn't that terribly annoying to take me out of the movie. Just enough to like, man, I can't wait for you to die. Well, you know who I didn't recognize initially was Jordan Ladd. Yeah, well, as Pe- Penolepe, Penolepe, <laughs> Penolepe, uh, who I love, uh, and she's got a great bit in the fact that I don't want to spoil anything, but you know, her gymnast nature comes into play. Yeah, it does. Which which was another scene I was like, oh, oh. And and as soon as she said she went to Oral Roberts University, I was like, I know there's jokes coming. That's that's Chekhov's Oral Roberts jokes. (laughs) I'm trying to think of just everyone. Oh, MC Ganey. Of all the people, I, okay, we didn't get any dong in this. No, we kind of 
dong? No, we got dong, Okay, dude. We, we got, got a lot of dong. We dong got, in the background? We got background dong. We, we got, had fruit basket dong. But that's not initially hanging. That's it's not hanging back. dong. It's, it's, it's tucked but away But in the dong. background, we did. But there's dong. But it's, a, it's funny that MC Ganey didn't give us any. Do you, did you ever see the movie Sideways? Mm-mm. Is that the one about wine? Yes, with, with Giamatti, Giamatti and, and um, Lowell. There's there's a scene where Lowell has been having sex with MC Ganey's wife, mm-hmm. and uh, him and Gia, uh, Giamatti are trying to pull away, and you just see MC Ganey come running naked, dog flapping, flapping. Wa- wapping, walking the dinosaur in the window as they're trying to get away. He's <laughs> probably, he's, probably using it as a weapon and <laughs> shit, trying to break the glass. He, he could. He's because uh, he, I saw him and I was like, oh. Oh, it's that guy, a Swamp Thing from Con Air. He's been in so many movies, and that's what I love. When they get, that's kind of his, the Brian Cox of this film. Yeah, is that one actor where you're like, what are you doing hanging with these guys here? Shall we spoil what happened? Not necessarily spoil it, but I mean, I loved his character. Oh yeah, and like when he killed you, pulling, uh, pulling he has a Quint. A Quint, yeah, yeah. You guys, if you guys are done bitching, we can finally get to business. And I was thinking, <laughs> it was gonna. I was like, he's too good for this world, or he's going to be wind up being too goofy and be a part of it and last long. Oh, that's you know fair. what I'm saying? That's fair. But he was too good for this world. Yeah. So I was like, ah. It's kind of a bummer. But mm-hmm. when you can incorporate cool character actors with your comedy troupe, be it a comedy then or a slasher, what have you, I, I'm, I'm cheering for them. At this mm-hmm. point, like I said, I don't know if I'm going to put Club Dread on my regular rotation, but I'm... Kind of like with the whole philosophy of the I've seen that challenge, I'm glad I filled in that part of my Bill Paxton filmography. Yeah. And it just so happens to be an offshoot then of Broken Lizard, Brittany Daniel, Jordan Ladd. But boy, this this particular flavor of Bill Paxton, man, is one I, I could use more of. Well, like you say on the I've seen that challenge, like I'm glad that I can see I've seen I've that. seen it now. You know? Yeah. I'm glad I could say that. I mean, I'm like I I'm not gonna this is not going to be my top 10 comedies. This is not going to be my top 10 slashers. But there was some definitely good jokes. Mm-hmm. Coconut Pete is a memorable it's, ass character. For from here on out, I will be more, again, once I get the album, my friend, you know, you think we're like, you know, um Doing the whole shenanigans tune. Just wait till we get all the the coconut peat. Right, it's gonna be some good <laughs> We're stuff. We're gonna have shenanigans. What's the shenanigans? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just more than anything, man. This movie just it it made me miss Bill Paxton. Yeah. Just everything that he did. One thing, it was kind of disappointing that there was a great club scene that didn't... Actually, the Club Riot chaos at the very end was very well done. I, I would have enjoyed it if he wouldn't have went Mueller skull the mask. With that club scene, that's fair. But that's at the same fair. time, it was well, actually there was some good stuff in this. Well, movie. it got pretty graphic at the end once yeah, everyone did. then just starts having sex everywhere, and I—that's one thing I got. The, okay, you know, there's chaos and there's killers going on, and they walk out into like sort of a weird <laughs> sex like apocalypse. I was like, is this the end of Shivers? We didn't see. Is this what happens at the end? You know, well, I guess if they, you know, they've already paid their money. They're if they're fucked anyway. I guess they're gonna get. Pardon my French. I'm just working blue here. But no, it's just like I guess that's what it is. Or also, it's just funny to watch in the background all that chaos going on. You're like, oh, whoa, what? Especially because they bring back the watermelon and the, uh, the pretzel. pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird, either a Jolly Ranchers like combination or just something just unholy. That's one of those weird Pringle flavors or yeah. those chips flavors that experimental, come out, right? We're gonna try this just for about about a month, mm-hmm. and uh, if we maybe wrap snacks could get into that potentially Ew. a weird offshoot no, flavor. Maybe, yeah, then maybe it would be like WAP. Ah, uh, what? 
Wet ass Pringles. I'm going to let the silence linger a little, my friend. <laughs> Final thoughts here as you go through your notes there on Club Dread, Genius McGee. No, I enjoyed it. Like I said, it's not one of my favorites. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, fucking Club Dread was the tits. You know? But you but know what I'll say? Coconut Pete's pretty great. Coconut Pete's pretty fucking rad. And I think that's another, it's a sign point. You know, now at this point, we can, when we throw that out there, we can back it up and just mm-hmm. say, no, no, legit, we've seen this one. Yeah, it's we good. can start singing some of the Coconut Pete songs. I don't know if I'd sing it in polite company, <laughs> but at the same time. Well, I'll tell you what we can't watch in polite company will actually be the film we're closing out our summertime slasher shenanigans with. <laughs> we've got some favorites in this one. Uh, it is, it's got some street toughs. It's got some, it's going to be fun. As I, You'll be shocked. And until that time, this is Greg D. I'm genius. (laughs) And we'll see you in your dreams. (laughs) 